Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Let's review the past two messages on uh, turning point. We're doing a series on uh, possible turning points for 2019. And we said you can pray and ask God for uh, to give you specifically what will be a turning point for you. And all we are doing uh, in seven messages is, is trying to give you an opportunity. Maybe if you didn't have one, if you haven't heard from God, then it could be one we're doing. So in the first uh, week of the month, uh, I think it's on the screen, uh, where we did the first message. And we, uh, this is not totally the first message, just a uh, review of what I asked you to memorize. And I'm sure most of you remember uh, that I said that God calls it. Is that correct? God calls it. Not um, we don't cause, not uh, doctor causes, not the, the uh, job causes, uh, not our friends causes, but God causes how many things? All things to work together for good for those who, okay, love God. Who says something over there that's not even on the screen? Come on. <laughs> God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. And, of course, uh, we, we ended there, uh, but it's also another part to it. Uh, those are called according to his purpose. But we just memorized that. Then the second message we did, uh, we gave you three keys. Uh, to answer prayer. And I didn't call them three keys. I just gave you the three keys. But they are three keys. I said that we must abide in Jesus. Abide in Christ. That's what we need to do. If we abide in, in, in Christ, that is a key to answer prayer. And we said that the second one, that, that um, his words must abide in us. Not only do we have to abide in him, but his words abide in us. And the, the third key was that we need to ask according to his will. So those are the three keys that we gave uh, last week. And we gave a scripture that a lot of you, most of you have heard, uh, if not all of you. Uh, but we tend not to walk in that. And so we ended the service with that, is that uh, Jesus was saying, uh, believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. That's that abiding relationship uh, that we just talked about. He says, otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say unto you. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And that's the scripture that, of course, we, we know about, we read, and we quote. But we tend to not um, walk in it. And we said last week that we did, we want to walk in this thing. We don't want to just be uh, a scripture that we 
uh, quote that we go over, we want to actually walk in this thing. If he says greater works than these we should do, then I believe he means it. I believe he means it. And so uh, that's what we ended with last week. This week, uh, the title is Five Things That Will Increase Our Trust in God. Five Things That Will Increase Our Faith in God. And, of course, you could say five things that will increase our, our faith in God. But faith in God is trusting in God. Faith in God is believing in God. So believing, trusting, and faith in, they're the same thing. And so uh, I like to say trusting in God uh, because that's what actually faith is. We trust in God and what he has said. And so we don't have, as I told some people, we don't have faith in faith. We have faith in God. We have trust in God. We have belief in God. So what he says, this is what we believe. So let's. Uh, touch upon that. Let's start in, uh, we're going to stay in one scripture uh, that's in Psalm. Let's turn to the Psalms. 106. We're going we're gonna, to uh, give those five things from that portion there. Let's start in verse 7. And a lot of you have read this particular psalm, and you will know it's talking about uh, the children of Israel uh, when they came out of Egypt into the wilderness. It says in verse 6, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They said they didn't understand his wonders, and he did do wonders. <laughs> That's for sure. They did not remember your abundant kindnesses. They did not remember your abundant kindnesses, but rebelled by the Red, by the sea, at the Red Sea. And we we uh, remember uh, that. And so, if they rebelled by the Red Sea, how did they rebel by the Red Sea? Really, it seems like this is a normal thing. If uh, you come out of captivity uh, for 400 years and, and uh, Pharaoh and, and, and his, they've, they've been heavy-handed on you and you're a whole group of people, Israel, then you figure that if God says come out, we're going to take you into promised land, and then he brings you out, and then you get to a place. He says, no, I don't want you to go this way. I want you to go this way. And so we follow the way he tells us to go. And you say, oh, wait a minute, hold. Uh, we are by the sea here that we can't cross over. And then we see a lot of dust flying. And somebody, you know, gets upset. oh, that's Pharaoh and his army. They are coming to get us and take us back. Where shall we go, Moses? You told us to come this way. Now, is it not a logical thing to say, well, maybe Moses missed it because we could have gone another way. We didn't have to come right here by this this sea that we can't cross over. And if God has said do this thing, then obviously 
something is wrong. There's some, some disconnect somewhere. So you think about that. And so it says here that they rebelled at the Red Sea. Why would God say they rebelled at the Red Sea? Because it, it would mean, to me, it would mean like he says, okay, I want you to go over the Red Sea. I have opened this thing up. I have, you know, dried off the land and everything, and I want you to go through. And they said, no, 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 no. We're not going through because if we go through, the water might fall on us, and so we're not going through. We are not going to do this. Now, to me, that's rebellion. But not when there's no opening, no dry land. It's just a red sea that you can't cross. How can that be rebellion, you think about? Well, see, it's rebellion if God is the one who's led us. And God led them a pillar fire by, come on. Okay, thank you. By night <laughs> and a cloud by day. So it wasn't a thing that Moses said, let's flip a coin, let's go this way. No, God was leading them. God was leading them. And so if God led them there and he says, I'm going to take you into the promised land, obviously God had a plan. We don't know what that plan was. They didn't know what the plan was. But that's where our first thing, we said five things, the first thing that helps us to uh, increase our trust in God is that it says they did not remember your abundant kindnesses, but rebelled. So the first thing that they did not do is remember all the abundant kindness he had showed to them in Egypt. Did he show them abundant kindness? Yes, he did. What are some of the things he did? Talk to me now. I know you, you, all, you know, this is not, you know, one of those things that you can't tell them, you know, uh, he did all these miracles. Um, he showed that the gods of the small g gods of Egypt was no gods at all. Uh, uh, even the last thing he did was, look, um, you just put the, the blood on your uh, doorpost and everything. You put, it, you put it there, across there, and, and I will see it, and I will pass over you. All of the Egyptians, their firstborns died. But of Israel, they didn't. He did so many miracles. I mean, it was just, it was just tremendous. Now, let's go to the second thing I want to bring to your attention from this scripture. And then we'll go and review some things. Let's go to verse 11. And 12, the same, Psalm 106. The waters covered them, their adversaries. 
Not one of them was left. Then they believed his words. They sang his praises. Now, what we just read at first, they did not know anything. They had to really believe, right? They had to trust in God. That's what they had to do. Now, we see another portion. He has showed himself strong. Is that correct? Now, we get the tambourine and we get to dance and, you know, we get to, woohoo, yay, God showed them. I told you he's going to show him. Don't you tell me you showed him. You were complaining too, you know. No, all of them were complaining, weren't they? All of them were complaining. All of them rebelled at the Red Sea. So, but now, they're having a praise time. Is that, does that please God? For us to have a, a hallelujah praise time after he has delivered us. Now, after. We, we rebel before he delivers us. We talk about him before he delivers us. But then after he delivers us, we get the tambourine. And the men say, hey, ladies, get your tambourines and let's go to this thing. So Miriam and all her, you know, ladies, they, they get the tambourine. They, I bet you they, they were just having a hallelujah time. But it's still after the fact. After the fact. Let's go to another one, verse 13. They quickly forgot his works. Well, he hasn't told us yet what the works were. They quickly forgot. But it says they quickly forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. And, of course, we know the story because we read it. And we know that every time, every time, not one time, every time they came against something that it took faith for, that's when they decided that they are going I don't remember what he did at the Red Sea. And, and of course, they, well, you probably remind us, hey, at the Red Sea, don't you remember he opened the thing? And what we would probably say is, you say that one more time, we're going to stone you. Right? Because they, 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 they were going to stone Moses. They, they, they'll, do, they'll stone anybody if, if they come against them. They did that with, you know, Joshua and Caleb. You know, you, you don't go against the congregation, what they believe. But they forgot quickly. Do you think they were, they were rehearsing, hey, this is okay. We're we, we going to get some water. Don't worry about water. You know, it probably doesn't taste good anyway. It's not distilled water. So how are you going to, you know, well, why are you worried about water? God's going to take care of us. 
Why are you complaining about not having meat to eat and having flesh pots and all this stuff we had in Egypt? You know, we were in bondage there. God will look out for us. That's faith, isn't it? But see, they quickly forgot his works. They didn't remember. They chose not to remember the Red Sea when they came against not having food, when they came against not having water. They, they, they quickly forgot that thing. And it says that they did not wait on his counsel. You see, uh, you remember in the Red Sea, Moses uh, fell on his face before God because the congregation, they were complaining that you brought us out here. You did this thing. We were following you. You should have left us in, in, in Egypt where we were having, ha- having uh, food. We had uh, covering. We had everything we wanted. And here you led us out, and you led us to the Red Sea, and now look what, what's happened. They quickly got on Moses' case. They, they did that. And they got on his case about this other thing, too. Whether it be water, whether it be, you know, food, whether, whatever it is, they got on Moses. They got on Moses. They didn't wait. Now, Moses fell on his face before God, and I don't know what he said, but I can picture it, and you probably can, can picture it. You probably can hear Moses, you know, and, oh, God, you got the answer. God, what are we going to do? God. You brought us to the Red Sea. I know we were following the clouds. We were following the fire by night. God, you got the answer because the next thing we know is God says, get up. Why would he tell his man, you know, his, his great leader, get up? He didn't say, would you please get up, Moses? He didn't say anything like that. He just said, get up. And when somebody said, get up, those who have children, you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean? Because they're supposed to be getting ready to go to school. They fell back to sleep, and, and you say, hey, look, get up. You mean business, don't you? Um, well, that's what he told Moses. Then he says, told Moses, stretch out, stretch out the, your staff. Stretch it out there. So Moses didn't know what God was going to do. Did he? He didn't know what God was going to do. Okay. okay, let's go a little bit further. Let's go to verse 14. Yeah, well, let's, let's continue. And it says that, so he gave them their request. At the, at the, at the, it says uh, in, in verse 14, it says, but but they, they didn't listen to it, didn't wait on this council, but craved intensely in the wilderness. They were craving. They were craving what they had left. And God was providing something else, and they were craving something else. And it says, and tempted God in the desert. So he gave them their request but sent a wasting disease among them. Now, 
is 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 something that we want to make sure that we don't do is what they are doing. What do they do? They were craving something that they hadn't had that they, they, they used to have and, and it's not provided now. Have you ever done that? You haven't? I have. I'm getting tired of eating chicken. You know, we have fried chicken. We have baked chicken. We have rosary chicken. We have chicken. 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 You know. Whenever, can we have something else besides chicken? Now, I know y'all haven't have done nothing like that. Because whatever, whatever men, whatever your wife said before you, and you think whatever you, that, that's, you say, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I have chicken. Well, I'm not like that, unfortunately. I need to be more thankful for the chicken because she's trying to look out for me because, you know, um, sometimes it's not good to eat too much red meat, they say, you know. Uh, but it's good to eat something besides chicken, though, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he gave them what they wanted, didn't he? He gave them what they wanted. But was he pleased? No, because he sent a waste and disease among them. Okay, let's go to the last one, uh, verse 24. It says, Then they despised the pleasant land. Because he said he's going to take them over to a land for milk and honey. You know, they don't have to, you know, plant vineyards. They don't have to build houses. They don't have to do it. <laughs> he's going to provide all those things for them. But grumbled in their tents. They did not listen to the voice of the Lord. Okay. These are a few things. That happened to them. It's not all of the things in in one Psalm 106, but it's a few things I want to point out because I want to just give you five things that will help increase our our faith, our trust in God. So what we're going to do is go back over these, but we're going to put them in a different a different switch it over a little bit. This is what they didn't do, but God is telling us this is what I want you to do. This is how you show me that you have some trust in me. This is how you prove you have some trust in me. Okay, let's look at it. I'm going to give you five things that we've already gone over, but we're going to put them in a, in a, in a positive way that will uh, help us to do something. What are the five things that we can do to increase our faith in God? Because I want, to, I want to increase my trust in God. That's what I want to do. And I don't believe there's, there's too many people here that say, I don't need any more trust in God. I trust God to the hilt. There's nothing. He, he, he will tell me, oh, you great man of faith, you great woman of faith. You have more faith than the centurion have. You have more faith than all the apostles have. You have more faith than anybody have. I don't believe there's too many people here like that. 
as that. But I want that centurion faith that he tells, oh, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel, all the body of Christ. I haven't seen such great faith. Wouldn't you want to hear that? Because we know we can't please him without what? Hey, we're just trusting in him. Okay, the first thing that I touched upon in the scripture, in Psalm 106, we need to remember. We need to remember, and it should be on your screen, okay? We should remember the abundance of God's mercies. Remember them, because they should be imprinted, and that's from the Amplified, uh, imprinted on our hearts. And when I think of imprinted, I think of when David threw that stone and hit Goliath, it probably made an imprint. If it didn't go all the way through him, you know, and just, I know he, he died with that one stone, um, but I bet you it made an imprint. Yeah. And God wants us to remember his abundance of his mercies. He wants us to imprint those mercies on our mind, our will, our emotions, that's what, it, that's what we mean by uh, the heart. That's what he wants us to do. Remember. Remember. Now, you can sit here right here today and remember some of God's abundant mercies towards you. And, and we don't have to uh, go to well. You woke up this morning. Yeah, you're breathing this morning. Yeah, all this time. You can remember some things he's done in your past. If you're saved today, you're born again, that is a, a I mean, that's, that's, that's a mercy that he's shown upon us, isn't it? But there are many other things, many other things. I, I can think of one time I used to be in, in this uh, sideline business or whatever I was doing, and I would travel to Washington and different places, and I, I would fall asleep at the wheel coming back home. And I never ran across the midline and hit somebody head on. I never ran off the road and wrecked my car on, you know, God real anything. He always took me to the to the right, and as soon as I blew, blew, I woke up. Abundant mercies. I don't know whether that's ever happened to you, but to me, I've done that many times. That is part of his abundant mercies he's shown me. Wow. Has anybody ever fallen asleep behind the wheel? But you're here today. This is abundant mercy. Abundant mercy. We can go around and, and, and you could tell me all the things 
he's done that shows his abundant mercy. And we can add them things together. And say, man, abundant mercy. He wants us to remember that. Because if, if we remember, let's put it this way. If they would have remembered, they wouldn't have sinned against God. If they remembered. If they would have said, wait a minute, wait a minute. God brought us to this red, red sea. We were following the cloud. During the day we were following the pillow of fire by night. He led us here. So we don't have to worry about it. Let's just wait upon God. We don't have to worry about a thing because he showed himself strong in Egypt. He brought us out. He, he, he gave us all the riches of, of, of Egypt. Uh, we don't have to worry about a thing. God would have been pleased with that, wouldn't he? But that's what he want us to do. Remember, remember, remember. Second thing. Believe without sin. Believe without sin. You remember when we read what they did that while they were facing the sea, furled behind, they didn't believe. After he opened the sea, dried out the land, they crossed over, then he brought it on, on Pharaoh and his army. Not one of them were left alive. Then they, woohoo, Now they are excited because they saw. They saw God's hand. But God says, I don't want you to be like that. I want you to believe without sin. Trust me. Trust me that I'm for you. I love you. I have your best interest at hand. And see, many of us sometimes, we complain, God, I can't understand this. Why all these heathen getting married, and then I'm waiting on you for a marriage person, a marriage partner, and you haven't shown up. Don't you realize that I'm 22? I'm getting old. Now, you know that sometimes we don't believe unless we see. We don't. But he wants us to believe without seeing because we're supposed to walk by faith and not by what? Sight. The third thing. Wait for God's counsel. Wait. For God's counsel. The first thing was remember. Remember. What are we trying to remember? His abundant mercies. All the things he's done on my our behalf. And the second thing we're trying to believe without seeing. I don't have to see you do anything. You know, like like the man said, Jesus, you don't have to you don't have to come to my house and to just speak the word. Believe without seeing the result. And then the third one is wait for God's counsel. Wait for it. And see, they could have sat by the rear seat said, okay, Moses, okay, everybody take a seat. And said, Moses, are you crazy? They, Pharaoh's coming. 
take a seat. We're going to wait to see what God says about this thing. God would have been saying, whoo, my goodness gracious angels, did you, do you see what they're doing? They're not concerned. They trust me. Do we trust God like that? Do we say, God, I'm waiting on your counsel. I'm waiting on your counsel. I'm waiting on your marriage partner for me. I'm waiting on, you know, you to uh, um, help me to finish school. I'm waiting on you to do this for my loved one. I'm waiting for you to do this for my children. I'm waiting on you, Lord. I don't need to, to, to see you do anything. I'm going to just wait on your counsel. That's what he wants to do. Fourth thing. Don't crave. Don't crave like they did in the wilderness. Because sometimes we can want something so bad that he gives it to us. He gives it to us. He said, what parent would do that? Give you something that's bad for Because you keep wearing them. You keep talking about it. You don't trust him. So he said, okay. You want a king? I'm not good enough for you. I'm your king, but I'm not good enough for you. You want a king just like just like all the, 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 the heathen do? I'm going to give you a king. I'm going to give you Saul. But you're going to find out you're going to wish you had not had a king. Did he give him a king? Was the king good for him? No. No. If they would have waited for the counsel of the, of the Lord, eventually he would have given them somebody. Because, of course, he, he, he's going you know, David is in, that was in the worst anyway. So, but no, they, they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait. We don't want to be like that. We're going to wait on God's counsel. What do you want me to do about my son? What do you want me to do about my daughter? What do you want me to do about this job? Uh, what do you want me to do about my income? What do you want me to do about this? I'm going to wait on your counsel, Lord. I'm waiting on your counsel. I'm not doing anything. I'm not stepping out and trying to do create ish meals. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm going to wait on you. Number five. Number one was remember. Remember. Abundant mercy. Number two was believe without seeing. Number three is wait. Number four was don't crave. Because you might get what you want, but you're really going to find out you don't want it. The last one is believe in trust him. Rely on God's word. Simply trust God's word. Trust God's word. What did he say? I'm going to take you out. I'm going to bring you in to a promised land that's flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to have vineyards. You're going to have all these things that you didn't build. You didn't plant them. You didn't do anything. I'm going to do it for you because I have this for you. Just trust what God says. But see, they didn't do that. They, they didn't believe God's word. And so they, they grumbled. They complained in their tents. That's what they did. You remember they sent out the spies? They sent out the spies. Spies came back. How many gave a good report? Two. How many gave a bad report? Ten. Ten of them. 
And who do they believe? The ten. They were grumbling and complaining in their tents, whining and moaning because they say that the giants out there, we're like grasshoppers. How do you expect us to defeat these, these giants? God said, didn't I tell you that I'm going to take care of them? Didn't I tell you that I'm giving you the promised land? Didn't I tell you? Don't you believe my word? And see, we have God's word written on. God has said. God has said. I'll never leave you or forsake you, even until the end, didn't it? God has said. God has said something about our children. He says something about us. He said things about our future. He's, this word is there's so many promises in this Bible. And he says all the promises of God are yes and amen. So be it. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.